Section 29 of Great Epics in American History, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Harvey. Great Epics in American History, Volume 3. The French War and the Revolution, 1745 to 1782 by Francis Whiting Halsey. Section 29, The Surrender of Cornwallis, 1781, Cornwallis's Own Account. I have the mortification to inform your excellency that I have been forced to give up the posts of York and Gloucester and to surrender the troops under my command by capitulation. On the 19th instant, as prisoners of war, to the combined forces of America and France. I never saw this post in a very favorable light, but when I found I was to be attacked in it in so unprepared a state, by so powerful an army and artillery, nothing but the hopes of relief would have induced me to attempt its defense. For I would either have endeavored to escape to New York by rapid marches from the Gloucester side, immediately on the arrival of General Washington's troops at Williamsburg, or I would, notwithstanding the disparity of numbers, have attacked them in the open field, where it might have been just possible that fortune would have favored the gallantry of the handful of troops under my command. But being assured by Your Excellency's letters that every possible means would be tried by the Navy and Army to relieve us, I could not think myself at liberty to venture upon either of these desperate attempts. Therefore, after remaining for two days in a strong position in front of this place, in hopes of being attacked, upon observing that the enemy were taking measures which could not fail of turning my left flank in a short time, and receiving on the second evening your letter of September 24th informing me, that the relief would sail about October 5th. I withdrew within the works on the night of September 29th, hoping, by the labor and firmness of the soldiers, to protract the defense until you could arrive. Everything was to be expected from the spirit of the troops, but every disadvantage attended their labor, as the works were to be continued under the enemy's fire, and our stock of entrenching tools which did not much exceed 400 when we began to work in the latter end of August, was now much diminished. The enemy broke ground on the night of the 30th, and constructed on that night, and the two following days and nights, two redoubts, which, with some works that had belonged to our outward position, occupied a gorge between two creeks or ravines, which come from the river on each side of the town. On the night of October 6th, they made their first parallel, extending from its right on the river to a deep ravine on the left, nearly opposite to the center of this place, and embracing our whole left at a distance of 600 yards. Having perfected this parallel, their batteries opened on the evening of the 9th against our left, and other batteries fired at the same time against a redoubt advanced over the creek upon our right, and defended 
by about a hundred and twenty men of the twenty-third regiment and marines who maintained that post with uncommon gallantry the fire continued incessant from heavy cannon and from mortars and howitzers throwing shells from eight to sixteen inches until all our guns on the left were silenced our work much damaged and our loss of men considerable on the night of the eleventh they began their second parallel about three hundred yards nearer to us the troops being much weakened by sickness as well as by the fire of the besiegers and observing that the enemy had not only secured their flanks but proceeded in every respect with the utmost regularity and caution i could not venture so large sorties as to hope from them any considerable effect but otherwise i did everything in my power to interrupt this work by opening new embrasures for guns and keeping up a constant fire from all the howitzers and small mortars that we could man this action though extremely honorable to the officers and soldiers who executed it proved of little public advantage for the cannon having been spiked in a hurry were soon rendered fit for service again and before dark the whole parallel and batteries appeared to be nearly complete at this time we knew that there was no part of the whole front attacked on which we could show a single gun and our shells were nearly expended i therefore had only to choose between preparing to surrender next day or endeavoring to get off with the greatest part of the troops and i determined to attempt the latter in this situation with my little force divided the enemy's batteries opened at daybreak the passage between this place and gloucester was much exposed but the boats having now returned they were ordered to bring back the troops that had passed during the night and they joined us in the forenoon without much loss our works in the meantime were going to ruin and not having been able to strengthen them by an abatis nor in any other manner but by a slight phrasing which the enemy's artillery were demolishing whenever they fired my opinion entirely coincided with that of the engineer and principal officers of the army that they were in many places assailable in the forenoon and that by the continuance of the same fire for a few hours longer they would be in such a state as to render it desperate with our numbers to attempt to maintain them we at that time could not fire a single gun only one eight inch and little more than one hundred cohorn shells remained a diversion by the french ships of war that lay at the mouth of york river was to be expected our numbers had been diminished by the enemy's fire but particularly by sickness and the strength and spirits of those in the works were much exhausted by the fatigue of constant watching and unremitting duty under all these circumstances i thought it would have been wanton and inhuman to the last degree to sacrifice the lives of this small body of gallant soldiers who had ever behaved with so much fidelity and courage by exposing them to an assault which from the numbers and precautions of the enemy could not fail to succeed i therefore proposed to capitulate and i have the honor 
to enclose to your excellency the copy of the correspondence between general washington and me end of section 29 recording by paul harvey